Well, good morning. I'll be welcoming you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here again. Uh, it's kind of a different day. Well, let me welcome those people who are joining us on Facebook Live. I, I want to go right into the message because I got lots to cover today. I made a, I made a statement last week, uh, and, and again, I, I want to I kind of want to go back and revisit that statement. Here's the statement for those that may be uh, visiting with us today, or maybe you don't remember, or maybe you weren't here. But the statement was like this: Everything that grows changes. I mean, that, that, that statement, you, you just have to look at your own life and just take a minute and look in the rearview mirror of life. And you can just see how valid that statement is. I mean, look at your own life. Everything that grows changes because change is just a part of life. It's something that you see physically, even though you don't want to, amen? I mean, you don't want to see it. It's something that you see internally. Because you change in the way that you think, you change in the way that you believe. Because you're just like me, you're, you're constantly growing. And we know that anything that grows, it changes. Anything that changes is going to go through transitions. And, and last weekend, we, we, we made a quick discovery. And, and really, when I say this... Uh, I, I took two things about transition and about change that, that I actually looked at my own life. And I thought, you know what, this is pretty applicable to all of us when it comes to transitions. One of the things as we go through life, as things change, jobs, health, relationships, we, we quickly learn this. The first thing is this. It's just a characteristic of, of transitions. It's that transitions many times bring stress. I mean, just think about a, a change you've gone through. Think about some transition in life that you're going through or that you've been through, and you just start to realize that that transition always seems to bring with it pain. It always seems to be with it stress. That's just a characteristic of growing and changing and going through transition. There's oftentimes going to be pain. There's oftentimes going to be stress when it comes to change and the transitions that are a part of your and my life. Then there's a second characteristic that comes with transitions. You don't have any choice. Many times transitions are something that are just forced on you. And you, you don't have anything to say about it. It just happens. About three weeks ago. I called the people who do our heating and air, <clears throat> and we don't usually have any issues. You know, it's, I mean, it just works. It's been good. 18 years we've been here. 17, but our units were put in a little bit before we started, so it'll be 18. And I, I said, hey, it's, it's the winter's on the way, and just come by and check and make sure everything's working fine. And they said, sure thing, we will. And, of course, then we had that, remember that little cool sp spell we had, that little cool snap? And they didn't get here when they said they were going to, and so they were late, like, like a week and a half late. I was at the office, and I got a call, and the guy said, or I think I got a text message. He said, hey, can you turn the units on? Because I can turn them on from my phone. It's really cool. I mean, it's really cool. Uh, uh, big brother, big brother. Anyway, so anyway, I, I can turn them on, and, and so we don't keep them running during the week. We, we keep them at a very minimum, so we don't have to pay that bill. And, and I turned the units on, and maybe 20 minutes later... He texts me, and he said, uh, turn them back off. So I did. Then about 30 minutes later, I got a call. And the call said, hey, Randy, I just want to let you know, the unit next to the fence, but that would be back here on the west end of the building, uh, is pretty much toast. And uh, I said, well, what's it going to cost to fix it? He gave me a price, and after I cleaned up, <laughs> always nice to have paper towels and toilet paper in the office, you know what I mean? <clears throat> after I cleaned up, I said, okay, well, what, what's it going to cost to get a new one? And kind of the same, you know, deal, and I was like, okay, give me, give me a price on a new He said, well, the one you've got on the fence, back to the fence, it, it's, it's not going to work at all. And uh, I said, give me a price. 
He did. He said, but the other one should, should work. <clears throat> so then, this week rolled around. And by the way, he, he gave me a price. And uh, this week rolled around, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to be very careful here, and I'm going to have somebody else just kind of check. And the next company that came in, which I know and I have a history with, and they checked it, and they said, uh, I said, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to grab some lunch, and, I'm, I'm, and, and I'll be back. And so I was home, and I was uh, eating, and the phone rang, and it was the guy who was here to check the second unit to get it going for today. And he said, are you sitting down? And I said, uh, yeah, well, I said, yeah, I'm actually eating lunch. He said, well, I'm going to just tell you the, the, the unit that you thought was good is not good either. Now, remember, we've, we've had these brand new since for 18 years. We put them in. We renovated the building. It's all ours. We're, we're totally responsible for everything. And that worked out good for us. It's still working out good for us. We have total control. And he said, it's just not going to work. He said, Randy, I got to tell you, he said, liability-wise, I can't leave here without shutting this unit off because I would be liable because if you turn it on, it's going to pull carbon monoxide in the building. And uh, I said, well, if that's the case, can I get the people I want in there when we turn it on? <laughs> I'm just kidding, okay? <laughs> so I anyway, I mean, you, you know, but you kind of know what I'm talking about, right? So anyway, so anyway, uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. And I said, uh, so now you're telling me I have to replace two 25-ton units. And he said, yeah, pretty much. It's called transitions, understand? It's, it's, isn't it really interesting that this is what we talked about last week? That you find yourself in what we call the dip. You find yourself in the valley of despair. And, and here I am faced with having to replace two units you can't even get the parts to fix them if we wanted to fix them. They said it would be 12 to 16 weeks to get the parts. And I said, well, what about the new units? He said, well, they have one. And I said, okay. And so uh, long story short, he, he, he called me on Friday and he said, you know that one unit? They don't really have it. And I was like, so what do we do? And he was like, well, you know, we, 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 we look. And so we looked and we found two of the units that we need, 25 tons each, 50 tons together. Now, let me just go ahead and warn you. I don't want to hear a sigh. I don't want to hear a complaint. I don't want to hear, you know, because uh, I'm going to tell you, I've already done all that for you, okay? dollars. $100,000. It's what it's going to cost. That's the valley of despair. You know what I'm saying? So, so again, I mean, we've come through COVID, and I was talking to some people just a moment ago, and I said, you know what? It's just been, it's been, it's just, it's been different. It's, it's great, but it's not, you know. And I was like, it's, but $100,000 that we've got to come up with to replace those two units. And here's the thing I believe. I believe that God is good and that God is faithful and God will provide. And let me also say this. I believe that we were the benefit of people who went before us and who invested and planted the seed. And we have been able to experience the harvest of the monies that were spent then. And now it's time for some new people and some of us to invest so that the next group that comes behind us receives the same benefit. What does that mean? That means I need 10 people to give $10,000. It means I need 20 people to give $5,000. It, it means I need 100 people to give $1,000. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know exactly how it fleshes itself out. But I believe that God will provide, and I believe that God will provide it through you and through me. We will write a check. Here's the problem. We can't get those units for a month. The, probably the best thing we're going to be able to do is to have heat <laughs> on Thanksgiving weekend, maybe. Oh, we'll be good. God's got this. 
So what I need you to do is to think and to pray and to not jump off the cliff. But what I also need you to believe, and, and I say this, and, and please don't misunderstand me when I say this. You know, we can kind of laugh and joke and cut up. But what I need you to, do, to not do is to think somebody else is going to do it. You need to take ownership of this. It's not me. It's us together. Doing what God has called us to do. Following the mission and the vision that God has given us. Because again, what we've discovered in the last week and what we'll discover today is change and transitions are a part of life. This is not a part of the life that I like. I like to just kind of go on. I never, ever thought this would happen. But here we are. But again, I believe that God is good and that God is faithful and that God will provide. Think and pray. You're going to hear more from me about it. About what you can do. People can write a $10,000. I know, I know, again, I know some of you can't fathom that. People can write a $10,000 check. Can I, just, can I just tell you something? When, when we were short at the very beginning of this church, and we haven't even opened yet, we needed about... I forget what we needed. And I asked our leadership to pray for a $100,000 offering. We had like, we had like, we were bringing in like $1,900 a week. But I had asked our leadership, and they laughed at me. I said, pray for a $100,000 offering. Some of you heard this story before. And we prayed in March, and we prayed in April, and we prayed in May, and we prayed in June. And one Sunday in June, after we had been praying for like three months, they, the, the people who were counting the offering called us back there and said, hey, I just want to kind of tell y'all something. We, we've been praying for a $100,000 offering, and we kind of laughed, but we did what the pastor asked us to do. And said, today, we have an offering of $106,000, which allowed us to cover the shortfall that we had and that we needed to get the church open and to keep it open. God has been faithful. God has sustained us for such a time as this. And regardless of what the enemy may tell you, God has a future and a plan for Crossroads. And he has you here, and you should be a part of that. Do what you can. I'll keep you updated. And if you have any private questions that you want to ask me, I'll tell you the answers to those questions. But we're moving forward in faith, believing that God will do what he says he will do. Just a reminder that those transitions that are part of life, they just keep coming. I mean, think about it. You, you made a transition from the single life, some of you, to the married life. Some of us made transitions from being married couples to being parents once, twice, three times. And every time your life changed, it involved a transition. But as life goes on, those transitions just keep coming. And I can tell you that as they keep coming, I'm going to tell you, they hit you in different ways. I mean, think about it. All of a sudden, for some of you, you know this. This is personal. The person that you were married to all of a sudden doesn't want to be married anymore. The doctor calls and says, come to the office. It's a transition. It's not a good kind of transition. Your boss stops by and says, hey, when you leave today, stop by my office. And yet you're dealing with another transition. Your child comes home and delivers some unexpected news that you as a parent never expected to hear. Life is full of transitions. And the longer we live our lives... We soon learn that the longer we live, the more unexpected the transitions can be. And can I tell you, they hurt. And the hurt is deep, and the hurt is wide, and the hurt is painful. But here's something that I know. Even as a Christian, it's during those times of transition in life that's the time that even as a follower of Jesus Christ, we have this potential to get really negative 
when something comes into our life that we didn't see happening. When we're confronted with something that we don't think is fair. That's the time that even as a Christian, even as somebody who follows Jesus faithfully, we can begin to blame it on God and get mad at him for the very place that we find ourselves. All of us are going to respond to the transitions that are a part of our life. But what's interesting is that we will respond in different ways. Some of us are, you're kind of like me, you're a fixer. Something happens in your life that you didn't see coming and, and you jump right in with both feet and you try to make the situation better. Because you're the person that's not going to let the transition get the best of you. But then there are other people who respond to those transitions in, in, in another way. And, and this is one of those things that as a pastor, uh, I, I've just kind of seen this happen over and over again. I've seen when people have something that happens that they didn't see coming. They didn't see the health emergency. They didn't see the financial loss. They didn't see the job loss. They didn't see the, the spouse walking out. But when something unexpected happens to them in their life, and they're forced to walk out what I call a difficult transition, you see that person respond in a way that they would never respond. And the way they respond is by throwing their character out the window. They throw their morality out the window. They throw their standards out the window. And see, here's something we all need to know about transitions. When you're going through a difficult time in your life, a transition, you're more temptable than you probably would be at any other time in your life. It's because when you walk through those times of transition, you're going to be more open to certain sins than you normally would be. Because that's just the nature of transitions. Dur during times of transition, it's like, it's like we just become a little more vulnerable. I, 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 I hate that I didn't put it in the information to go on the screen, but I used an equation last week. And, and I said that a heightened sense of vulnerability plus a, a diminished sense of power leads to this thing that last week we called the dip. When you're really vulnerable and you don't have the power, it leads to the dip. And I call the dip really right here, it's kind of like the valley of despair, when you look like you don't have any hope. And let, me, let me speak to the men in the audience for just a moment. Guys, when we go through times of transition, when something happens to you in your life and it wasn't something that you saw coming, isn't it funny how that we respond to those things by just like wanting to leave, just wanting to run? I mean, that's just the way men do. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this week after they told me the second unit wasn't going to work, that I wanted to pack my bags and get into my car and just drive away. Y'all could show up here and do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm not talking about we want to dive in and fix the situation. But there are times in my own life when something happens and it's a transition and it's difficult and it's a change that I just want to pack my bags and leave. That's my answer. Packing my bags, leaving, and never looking back. That's the way a lot of men respond to transitions. And if you're not one to respond that way, then men, listen to me, there are going to be other ways in which you might respond. You might dive off into pornography just to medicate the pain. You might have an affair. 
You might have an obsession with a substance, alcohol, drugs. Maybe, maybe you could even have an obsession with another activity, a sport, or some kind of hobby. We become so obsessed with something else in life because that's the way that we as men want to escape the pain of a difficult time in our lives. It's just the way of trying to deal with a difficult transition. But here's the thing. If we would just take the time to look in the Bible, the Bible just tells us that transitions are going to be a part of life. I mean, think about it. From early in the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, we consistently see people endure unexpected things that happen to them in their lives. And here's the beautiful thing about the Bible. The Bible does not hide the fact that many times those transitions, those changes that we go through, that those things are difficult and they're painful. And the Bible doesn't hide the fact that many times those transitions are something that are unexpected. And one of the very early stories from Scripture is this group of people who were going through the transitions. Lots of them. It's a group of people known as the Israelites. And again, if we were to read their story from start to finish, it's then that we're reminded of something that we talked about last week. If we just read the story of the Israelites, we're reminded that it's during those times of transition that God has the opportunity to do things in our lives that he wouldn't have the opportunity to do at any other time. Because we discover that it's in those times of transition that is the time when God does his biggest work. It's during times of transition, transition that God's, God does something inside of us that he just would not be able to do at any other time. And it always happens in times of transition. You want to know why I believe this? It's because I believe it's during a time of transition that God will get our attention. And here's the thing, if we will respond correctly, what God is able to do in that time of transition in your life is more than he would ever be able to do during the normal activity and the happenings of your everyday life. And it's the story of the Israelites. By looking at the story of the Israelites, we get the insight on just how important it is to respond in the right way when you and I are faced with the transitions of life. If you have your Bible with you today, I want to ask you to turn to the book of Joshua. And again, you know the whole story. Again, if you can't see your Bible and do you think it's too dark, that's okay. We understand that. We'll pray for you. But, it, but it'll be on the screen, and you can see it there behind me. Uh, we'll have everything you need. But the whole story of the Israelites, these are God's chosen people. They've left Egypt after hundreds of years of slavery. Last week, we looked at them, and they have miraculously crossed the Red Sea. They've experienced, like we have, they've experienced God's provision in so many different ways. And it's really safe to say that looking at their story up until where we are today, that this group of people, the Israelites, they've, like us, have made lots of mistakes. They've been wandering around the desert for like 40 years on this amazing pursuit of something that God had promised them. And now the children of Israel, the Israelites, God's chosen people, we're, they're about to realize the fulfillment of the very thing that God had promised them. And since leaving Egypt, they wandered around all these years. They're now about to enter the promised land. And leading this group of people is a guy by the name of Moses. 
I mean, we know Moses. Moses is the guy who led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. He's the guy who led them through the desert. And now this group that he's been leading is about to enter the promised land. In pursuit of the very thing that God had promised them. But again, if we look back, there's no doubt that this group of people has been through transition after transition. As a matter of fact, if we were to take the time to cover all of the transitions, I couldn't do it today. But finally, they're about to walk into God's promise under the leadership of their leader, Moses. But just before they enter the the promised land, just before they enter what God had promised to Moses and his people, Moses dies. And now think about that. This is the guy who's led the group of people. It it, it causes you to kind of look at the Bible and say, wait a minute, that's not fair, God. That's not fair. This is the guy who was faithful to do the things that you asked him to do, and he's about to lead them into what you promised him and his people. And now he's not going to realize the problem. It's not fair. It's not the way it's supposed to happen. Look look at verse 1 of chapter 1, the book of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. See what I mean? It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. He's the leader. He's the guy who's led these people all the way. And just before he walks out the promise that God had made to him, he dies. So immediately as these people are at the brink of realizing the fulfillment of what God had promised them, they lose Moses. They lose their leader. It's a transition. Now, where is their faith? Where's their faith? When the person they've leaned on as their leader is about to change. I mean, I know most of you know the story of the Israelites. Most of us know a lot about the story of the Israelites. A cloud led them by day, fire led them by night. The Israelites are the people who have experienced more of the manifest presence of God than you and I will ever experience. But now they're faced with another transition. They're faced with moving forward without their leader. It's another transition that could possibly affect whether they experience the fulfillment of the promise that God had made to them. The question is going to be, how are they going to respond now that they find themselves without the leader that they were accustomed to? See, here's something I think we all need to know about transitions. When you and I are going through some kind of transition in our life, we can't look at the circumstances and try to evaluate God's activity. You just can't. You can't look at the circumstances that are are surrounding the transition that you're walking through and evaluate whether God is active in your life. You just can't do that. I mean, things can appear to be totally going down the toilet. But even when things appear to be going down the toilet, that is the time that God can be up to his biggest work. That's why you can't evaluate God's activity based on your circumstances. So here are God's people, the Israelites. They're faced with a major decision. Would they move forward? Or are they going to allow the transition of a new leader to derail them and ultimately miss out on what God is doing? Would they allow themselves to get mired down in the transition? Or would they move forward in the promises of God? Look look at the scripture. 
Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. I really want you to look at those words. I promised Moses. Because, again, when we read those words, it's really easy to read over those words, but those words are huge. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. Oh, come on now. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, looking at where these people find themselves now, it's another transition. I think it's so easy for us to relate because it's when we're going through the transition, that's the time that we want God to do something for us. I mean, can, you, you know what I was praying for this week? Tornadoes, just to come right through here. <laughs> I mean, we got good insurance, okay? I was praying, God, just come on. I don't want to have to tell them I need $100,000. I mean, I was praying for tornadoes. I mean, I was praying. I mean, man, I was praying. I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I was like, man, God, can you wave the magic wand up in the portals of heaven and just make this go away? Can you just make my problem disappear? Because, listen, you're like me. You don't want to have to walk it. Am I right? You don't want to have to walk through the transition. You're just like me. You want God to bail you out of the transition. God, I want you to deliver me, to deliver me from the transition I'm going through. Deliver me, God. I don't need you to walk with me. Deliver me. Amen? I mean, that's what you want. But that's not what God said. See, if there's anything the Bible consistently teaches us, it's that as we go through difficult seasons and change and transitions, Scripture consistently says that God is going to be with us. I mean, think about it. In the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. In the very beginning, we hear a child is going to be born. His name is Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. And then in the last chapter of the book of Matthew, we see the words of Jesus as he leaves this earth. And Jesus says, I'm with you always. Even until the end of the world. No matter what you're going through right now, listen to me, Crossroads. No matter what we're going through together. It's just like the Israelites. God has promised that he would be with us. So the proper response for all of us when we go through those difficult transitions, when we go through those changes, the way to respond properly is to respond as though we know and we're confident that God is with us. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. The way that we respond as the people of God is we respond like we are confident that God is with us. And we don't give in to the complaining. We don't give in to the griping. We don't give in to the moaning about where we find ourselves. We respond as people who are confident that God is with us. To respond confidently, to a confidently or correctly to the transitions means recognizing that God is doing something in you and through you. But it doesn't stop there. When we respond correctly to the transitions, it means that we recognize that no matter what we're going through, 
God is with us. Look at, look at the last four verses. These are so good. I'm just praying my voice holds out, okay? It says, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be very strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Look at what it says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, here's the thing I think we need to see when we read these verses. When, when, when it says in those verses, I will be with you, it's really kind of in the context of that time. It was speaking of Israel. It was speaking of the Israelites. God had promised the Israelites that he was going to take them to a land that he had promised them. And in taking him to that land, them to that land that he had promised them, he had promised that he would be with them. So what does that mean for us today as followers of Jesus Christ? God makes a promise. That regardless of the transition that you, listen, look, look right here. Regardless of the transition that you may be going through, if you are his, if you have professed faith in Jesus Christ, then he's made you a promise. And the promise is he's going to be with you. God has promised that he would walk with you through the most difficult transitions of your life. The most difficult transitions that come your way. And he will be with you. Listen, 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 listen. You never have to walk through anything alone. You never have to walk through the difficult things that will happen in your life by yourself. Because that's the promise that's been made to you if you have professed your faith in Jesus Christ. And see, one of the things I love about those last four verses that we just read is the use of the words strong and courageous. Because those words are used together several times. And do you understand that those words, strong and courageous, they're anchored in the fact that regardless of whatever transition you may go through, God's going to be with you. So you may be going through a transition in your life right now. And maybe you haven't given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And can I just say this morning, if you've not given your heart and your life to the leadership of Jesus Christ, then that promise of being with you does not apply to you. It won't apply to you. And can I just be honest one, one, one more step? I, I want you to understand that that strength and courage that we're talking about in those verses, if you don't follow Jesus Christ, that strength and that courage, if it's not rooted in God, then it's really not strength and courage at all. It's kind of something I referred to last week. It's like idolatry. You're trying to make it through the transition on your own. Maybe you're leaning on your ability. Maybe you're leaning on your job. Maybe you're leaning on your assets, your 401k, whatever. And you think because of your ability or your assets, you're strong and courageous. But that's false courage. 
empty strength if you're leaning on yourself. Because to truly be able to make it through the difficult transitions of life, to truly have the strength and courage that we need to get through difficult times, if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, our strength and our courage is anchored in the fact that God has made us a promise. And that promise is that no matter what we walk through, He would be with us. And when you and I have given our life to Jesus Christ, then you know what God does? God delivers on that promise that He will be with us. So how do you move forward? How do you move forward when you're facing a difficult transition in your life today? You don't blame. You don't complain. And you don't run. And let me tell you what you definitely don't do. You don't let sin trip you up. Because sin never delivers what it promises. Sin will rob you every time. Our response as followers of Jesus Christ is simply to respond to that transition that we're going through. Like God is going to do something in us and through us. And not only is he going to do something in us, he's going to do something in a mighty way through us. And as he does that, his promise has been that he will never leave us or forsake us. He'll be with us. So it's beautiful just to know that you don't have to walk through the transitions of life alone. You see, for most of us, our only hope in making it through the transition that we're going through right now is really to realize that we're not going through it alone. That's the only hope we have is knowing that God is with us. We just need to surrender. To surrender to the fact that God is at work, even though we might not see Him. He's at work in the transitions of our life. We just need to surrender to the fact that God is not only doing something in us and through us, but we surrender to the fact that knowing that God is with us. Can I just say something? If you'll surrender, you'll be better. If you don't, you'll be bitter. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? God, what a difference a week makes. What a difference a week makes. As we gathered here last week and we looked at this principle of the dip, little did we know what you were kind of preparing us for. But the beautiful thing is, God, that even though we're going through that, what I call the valley of despair, in the dip there, you've made the promise to be with us. You've already gone before us. And by your spirit, you protect us from behind. You haven't brought us this far just like the Israelites to abandon us. But you're taking us from glory to glory so that your purposes and your promises can be achieved. We are your people. And God, you are our God. And like the Israelites, we will follow you all the days of our lives into the very places that you lead us. God, speak to your people. Comfort your people. Give them strength and courage that's rooted and anchored in the promise that regardless of what it is that you're, they're walking through, that you'll be with them. And help them understand 
that no weapon that's formed against them will prosper in Jesus' name. And that they and we as a church will come out on the other side. God, we just ask you right now. The scripture says you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Would you just sell a cow or two? And would you give the money to your people so that your people can be faithful and stewardly in giving to the house where you planted them? God, we love you, and we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand together.
me say, just so you understand, you know, when you, when you throw something out, you know, 10 people for 10,000 or 20 people for 5,000, it makes some people think, well, he's not talking about me. No, I'm talking about every one of us. Do what you can. Honor God with what you can. And just know that during the month of November on Sundays, it's going to be cold in here. So I had to talk about the proverbial icicle in the room. You know what I mean? Because we've got to address it. And it's being addressed, but it's going to be cold on some of these Sundays. So I know you'd go to the Titans game, and I know you'd go to the Predators game, and I know you'd be cold sitting out watching your children's sports games. Do the same thing that you would do there when you come to church on Sunday. Look at the weather, bundle up, show up, pack up, pray up, because we've got to get this done. And let's be faithful. Sorry, I got a cough drop in my mouth. I'm about to die. But anyway, just 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 do what you can. Because I want to see this thing put to bed and let's move on to the thing.